Do I? Huh? 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 <laughs> okay. I'll start over. Men's Fellowship Breakfast is this coming Saturday at 8.30 in the Fellowship Hall. On April 1st, Men's Bible Study is in the Fellowship Hall at 8.30. And we are actually going through Matthew uh, chapter by chapter, not necessarily verse by verse, but you can ask questions on any verse or any question that comes to your mind in Bible study, and we have eight or ten guys in there that will discuss it with you. You may have a better opinion than we do, and we may, we may accept that, or you, somebody else may have. So that's what I like about Bible study with people and discussion is because there's a lot of things I don't know that I can learn from somebody else, believe me. Okay, uh, this is March 21st, Heart to Heart. Uh, Tanya Keating, Keaton is going to be the speaker, and I guess Leanne Hart is going to do the singing. singing? Okay, I wasn't real sure about that. Okay, all right, uh, March 25th, Prime Timers, and that's here, Potluck. Okay, that's right here, Potluck. Uh, a couple of public service announcements. One is we could use somebody to help on the desk. We cover every service, and we cover youth services too. If you're interested, hey, talk to Brother Ron. He's in charge of it. Just, we'll be glad to help get you signed up. And you really, you don't even have to sign up. You just have to show up. So I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, we could always use some help in the media room. Gary Cook does that every service, mostly by himself. Uh, and I'm sure that he could take some help in there and, and maybe come to church once in a while. Okay. Um, the big announcement for tonight is coming Sunday, we had a gentleman that we had lined up. We'd rented him a room. We'd set him up to serve him lunch, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And today he called and said, forget it. He didn't want to come. Okay. And I have only one little bit of thing to say about that is he said that they had a great service on Sunday. The Holy Spirit really moved, and he didn't feel like he was supposed to leave yet. Where is that? Cannot argue with that. No. I mean, whatever you want to think about whatever he says or whatever he does, you cannot argue with the Holy Spirit moving in great services on Sunday and feeling like God wants you to stay here. Okay, that did put us in a little bit of a bind because we were expecting, you know, somebody showing up. So now then we are up to the next one. Or down to the next one, however you want to look at it. We uh, contacted him today, and I didn't contact him, so I don't really know a lot to tell you. Uh, but Brother Ron contacted him, and he has agreed to... I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know because I hadn't talked to Brother Ron much. He's, you know, I just got here... And he did too, and, and we just don't know a lot about this. We know a lot about the guy, but we don't know yet when he can come and all this because it's not like he's got a church, so we can't just say, hey, we want you next Sunday or else. We have to give him time to prepare his congregation and to try out and then to go back and resign if that's the case. And even after he goes back and resigns, he still needs to stay for a couple of weeks, to be honest, you know. You don't want somebody just to up and dump their church and come down here because that's not... That's not the way to do anybody. So no matter what we're looking at, and, and 
Boy, nobody hates this more than I do because I've been doing this for seven or eight months already. <laughs> no matter what we're looking at, it's going to be three probably weeks before we get somebody in here. I mean, and if we're looking at somebody to come in and we vote them in, it's going to be a couple more weeks after that. And I know that I know that I know nobody wants to hear that. And when they when they sent out the text today saying that this guy had pulled his name out of the hat for contention, I mean, like, man, talk about a deflated sense of ego or whatever, because it's just like, man, we're working on it. You know, we're hard at it. And it's just getting harder and harder. And you keep wondering, well, man, Lord, which one of these guys is for us? Yeah. So evidently it was not this one. Yeah. And so we're putting our eggs in the basket and pulling out another one. <laughs> we hope we get a hard-boiled egg instead of a soft-boiled. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's in a way it's a little bit funny, guys. In a way it's not. Uh, but the Lord puts us through all this stuff to bring us out the other side stronger and better. Yes. And that's what he's doing. Yes. So that's, uh, I guess that's pretty much all the announcements. I know some of that was good news to you. I mean, we're having two or three eating meetings next week, but we're also not having a preacher here next week. And I'm hopeful that Sunday comes around. We will have a little bit more to say. If Ron can get a hold of him and get some commitment one way or the other, we will definitely have more to say. And I'm hoping for y'all's sakes and for ours and for the church that it will be true. Yeah. Thank y'all. <laughs> no, no, no. I did not actually say that, but yes, you are correct. We should not bring anything to eat. We're going to send that. We're, we're going to send that text out Friday. Yeah. Right. Well, we're, we will send that text out uh, Friday so that they will know. Um, we can send it out today, but they'll forget by Friday. And I'm, what, what can I say? <laughs> if you send me a text, I've already forgotten by Friday. But Christy will send those out, send it out Friday. Uh, she's trying to take care of all the things in, in the secretary's office. She just started not too long ago, and she's in contact with Marla pretty regularly to see how things are supposed to be and stuff. So, but we're we're working we're working through all of our problems, guys. Ladies, we'll get there. The Lord is good. We rejoice in what he sends us, whether it's good or bad. The good is a blessing. The bad is to test our faith and to increase our prayer. So go for that and let, and let, that, let that be a guide for you and just praise him for everything. Thank you. Sorry, I took so much of your time. It's all right. I can preach short sermons sometimes. <laughs> Hope y'all don't mind. We're just going to get this close, up close and personal. Why don't we go to the Lord in prayer? Yeah. I think it would be a good thing for us to ask the Lord to just help us and, and minister to the needs that are in our church and continue to just guide and direct. Father God, as we come to you, Lord, at this point in time, we thank you, Lord God, because you're still God. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. We ask that, Holy Spirit, you move in my, amongst us here this evening. Lord, may we just sense your presence. May we sense your, your peace, Lord God, that passes all understanding. 
knowing that in all things, Lord, your word has said that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Lord, it's not always easy, it's not always pleasant sometimes, but your word declares that. And your word is true, your word is faithful, and we thank you for that, Father. Lord, we pray for the needs on our prayer list. We pray for, Lord, those that are uh, suffering, Lord, those that are uh, need healing, those that just need peace and comfort, those that need uh, reassurance, Lord God, that you're still here, you're still our God. You still love your children that love you and that will serve you faithfully every day. Father God, just have your way in our hearts and lives and help us, Lord, just to continue to seek your face, Lord, because it's your will that we want done in this house and in this community. And Father God, you know exactly what you have in mind. And thank you, Lord, that you're bringing it to pass, Lord God. And we thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I really I saw these songs and they just reminded me of songs and we're going to sing out of the hymn book. <laughs> Number 155 is the first one we're going to do. We were, it's kind of funny, we were talking about this before church started. <laughs> about uh, things, plans that people make and, and the, the provisions they make for themselves and sometimes for the provisions they make. Uh, when it's their time to leave this earth. But uh, I think this song says it really well. Oh, I want to see him. Amen. Stand if you want and will. And just, uh, and just belt it out. Drown me out if you don't mind. <laughs> All right. Okay. As I journey through the land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow, many arrows pierce my soul from without within, but my Lord leads me on, through him I must win. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When in service for my Lord, dark may be the night. But I'll cling more close to him, he will give me light. Satan's snares may vex my soul, turn my thoughts aside. But my Lord goes ahead, leads whatever betide. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When in valleys low I look toward the mountain height And behold my Savior there leading in the fight With a tender hand outstretched toward the valley low Guiding me I can see as I onward go Oh, I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last ever to rejoice 
When before me billows rise from the mighty deep, then my Lord directs my bark, he does safely keep, and he leads me gently on through this world below. He's a real friend to me, oh, I love him so. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Amen. And he's leading us every step of the way. And when it's all said and done, and the conclusion arrives, it'll all be for his glory. Amen. A couple of pages over, number 157. Kind of goes along with this other one. When the roll is called up yonder. Yes, we will see him. And we want to make sure our name is on the roll book. And we can. <clears throat> when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up, yonder I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies and the roll is called up, yonder I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up, yonder I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for your help. Bible tells us, blessed are they whose names are found written in the Lamb's book of life. Somebody, I can't remember if it was Brother Rogers or somebody, somebody recently made mention of the fact of the books 
and then the book. So God's keeping good records, and we need to be found faithful serving him. In your Bibles tonight, I just want us to look for a few minutes at the book of Hebrews, um, chapter 12. If I can get my Bible turned there. Now, I want us to look for a few minutes tonight at the in chapter 12 of Hebrews, beginning at verse 14 and, and probably through 17, and maybe not that far, we'll see. But I thought about this the other day. It was kind of like Sunday night. It was like there was two different scriptures bouncing around in my head, and I'm going, okay, Lord, which one? <laughs> but... Uh, I settled on this one. I believe this is what the Lord wants us to look at. Maybe you know what I'm fixing to talk about tonight and understand it, but it's finally, I'm, I'm getting a grip on things uh, a little bit better. I learn, I don't bet you, but I learn a little more every day uh, as I study, as I think about, as I meditate, you know, what God has said. He gives me scriptures, and okay, I'm, a lot of times I'm going, okay, Lord, I really don't understand what this means. You're going to have to help me, help me get it. But uh, we've heard the terms used and, and the words. There's two different words that we hear used, and it almost at times seems to me like we use them interchangeably, and yet they're connected, but they're not interchangeable. Uh I, I learned a long time ago in something I had a preacher I preached a sermon for a youth group in their church it was in the main sanctuary and I had come across because I had truly studied we, we've heard people quote the verse and this is not what I'm talking about but here's here's what I'm getting at we've heard people quote the verse but they misquote it you know and but the verse is the Bible talks about that God he loves us. He's talking about how much he loves for us. But it says, and, while, and people misquote it and say, when we were unlovable, Christ died for us. And I was going to preach on that one. Well, I got my Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, which lists every word in the King James Bible. And I found out something. The word unlovable does not exist in the Bible. Now, unlovely does. Ungodly does. But God never sees anyone as unlovable. And I preached on that. I was in, it was at my mom's church and I had gone back a few, I guess to visit or something. I'm not exactly sure what the deal was, but anyway, I had gone back and the preacher got up and said, he said, you know, when, when he was here, he, he mentioned that. And I'm going, wait a minute, he's not telling the truth. <laughs> and, but the preacher said, you know, I went and looked, I went and looked. He's right. It's not in there. <laughs> so we can learn. And, and I hope to be learning from, from now on. But I want us to look at the, this verse of Scripture. The two words I want us to think about tonight, and this for us as, uh, as Christians and, and, and that are here tonight, and for hopefully for those that are listening, maybe this will help 
um, help you to understand something a little bit better. The two words I want us to kind of focus on tonight is the word righteousness, the word holiness. Now, for years, and, and I'm 66 years old, uh, I'm going, okay, they're, they're interchangeable. Well, they're really not. But they are connected. So we're going to try to help you understand uh, what that means tonight because some of the uh, uh, translations say it a different way than, than ours, than the King James Version does. And uh, so I want to get to the right um, deal and so that we can get this together and understand what we're doing. Um, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 14 says, Work, and this is from, I believe, the New Living Translation. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. The King James Version says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The, the rest of the, in the New Living says, work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Verse 15, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau who traded his birthright as, as the firstborn son for a single meal. Father, guide and direct us tonight. Lord, help us to say the words that you once said. And Lord, help us to be able to look at this and, and see what you are telling us and how you are telling us to live in this day and hour that we live. Lord, help us to lift up you with the lives that we live and that we may honor you and that we may glorify you and that we may point people to the Lord Jesus as Savior and Lord of their lives. And Father, for all of this, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Work at living... In peace with everyone. We'll start with that part of this first. There are people in the world, and unfortunately in the church, that are not at peace with themselves, and so they find it, and this is my opinion, they find it extremely difficult to live at peace with anybody else. It ought not to be said about Christians, but I do believe there are Christian people that really want to serve the Lord, but yet they have not come to the understanding of who they are in Jesus. You know, we hear this expression, low self-esteem. And there are people that, that struggle with that. There are people that that is a very real problem in their lives. But I believe that if we go back and we look at the Word of God and we look at what God says about us, I think a good study for, for somebody in that condition would be to find the phrase in Christ, and especially in the New Testament from Matthew all the way to Revelation, find that phrase in Christ and underline it and read it over and over again because many times the Apostle Paul especially and the others would tell us, they tell us who we are in Christ. 
They tell us what God wants out of us. They tell us what God thinks about us. You know, Romans chapter 8, I, I quoted that a while ago. Well, we know that all things, I think chapter 8, I can't remember which verse, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Many times we, we stop and look at this and we're going, you know, in, in our situation, we're going, Lord, what in the world is going on here? You know, we don't always understand, but we can go back to that verse of Scripture and not let our hearts be troubled. You know, Jesus said in verse chapter 14 of John, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, he talked about the mansions or the rooms in the Father's house. But the thing about it was, I think if you take that basic first phrases of that, believe in God, believe in me. Right. If you trust God, trust me that I will bring to pass what I want to do. Yeah. Okay. And so when we stop and think about this, living at peace, with us, does that mean that we let people run over us? No. We cannot in any point in our lives as Christians allow people to cause us or, or convince us to, uh, there's a word in my head and it won't come out, <laughs> to compromise our belief in God. To compromise our convictions, to compromise what we believe God says in His Word. And they said, well, you know, you, you, if you don't believe it my way, then, then you're wrong. Uh, is that what the Bible says? If you know in your heart and life, and we have got to study this for themselves. We, you could listen to preachers. Well, maybe you, you could. I started saying you listen to preachers 24 hours a day and, and, you know. But in all reality, we need to know what God's Word says for ourselves. Amen. David put it this way. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, and, and, and another, I believe he says it in another place. Lord, write your law on the table. Now, I think we could probably safely say in, in, in David's day, and, and especially before that, engrave it on the table of my heart. What happens if you engrave? What happened to, to what happened to the Ten Commandments that God wrote on? And what happened when Moses come down off of the mountain and there they are worshiping that golden calf Aaron made? The Bible says he threw them down and broke them. What happens? The word was destroyed. God had written that Himself. I'm not sure, and somebody else that might remember better than me, but, but he had to go back up. And I don't know if God made him a new set or if he had to write them. <laughs> God, 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 I have a, a witness that God made him a new set. But what happened? They were written on tables of stone. They were engraved. The Egyptians write their stories on big, they call them hieroglyphs, but they were engraved into those those tomb walls they were engraved into their temple walls it was all engraved in there and the only thing that you could that would destroy those if that entire piece of stone was destroyed so david says this so whatever we are we are to live at peace with all men as much as is possible in other words, here, look at what he said. The, the, the New Living says, work at living in peace with everyone. Yeah. 
There are some people, the only way you're going to be able to live in peace with them is leave them alone. That's right, such a girl, stay away. There are some people that, I, I, to me, they're looking for somebody to have an argument with. They're looking for somebody to, to, to disagree with them so they can debate them. We're not in a debate. No. Not in my opinion. My opinion is, this is God's word. God doesn't lie, so this is truth. Right. You don't like it? Go talk to him about it. I didn't write the book. I didn't, know, I didn't authorize it. I didn't sit there and inspire it like he's inspired it. If you had a problem with it, go talk to the author. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you what the author tells us. I'm going to tell you what he says to us because it will help us. It always helps us. The more we know, the more we understand, the better we are to live our Christian experience. Living at peace with everyone. Getting along. Harmony. Brother Gary Rogers talked about unity. How does that? Well, that's what happens. There is, Paul says, endeavoring to keep the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. The word of God may not be peaceful, but it will, pro, it will produce peace in us. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. My peace. It's a peace that passes understanding. It does not make sense. We were talking in Sunday school class. God is not always logical. I don't always understand. My wife's niece was taken to the hospital Saturday, last Saturday night. Um... Her husband texted us, y'all, please pray for Jean. And so Faith and I went to praying, and I, I sent him a text and with, with a prayer in it. And, and um, they had, she had gone, had she gone to Harrison? I can't remember. But anyway, she wound up in Springfield, Missouri. And they had to do a procedure and, and, and then a surgery. Uh, but, but her husband wrote this. Uh, to a lot of people that had found out later, and he told them, you know, pray, thank them for their prayer. But the one thing that struck me that he said, now I didn't do this to him, God did. He said, through this whole ordeal, I had immense peace. I had great peace about the whole thing. That doesn't come from the world. You go see you go see the doctor and and, and you, you 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 he I need to do this test and then got these fine impressive sounding names and it just for a lot of people it scares the wadding out of them. Oh my goodness. It's, what what's this test gonna mean? What's it gonna say? What you know and, and if we're not careful we can get in that whole idea of turmoil and, and well, you know but wait a minute, who's in charge of my life? Who is the one that I serve? Who is the one who watches over me day and night? He watches me when I'm awake. He watches me when I'm asleep. Right. He who watches over Israel never slumbers, never sleeps. The Bible talks about the fact he goes, his eyes go to and fro through the earth, watching over his children. You are watched. You are watched with a, by the loving, protective hand of a, the God Almighty. Whom shall I fear? Of what shall I be afraid? 
Doesn't mean the enemy's not going to come out and try. Well, you know that little feeling you got in your tummy. You know that could be, you know, Grandma had that kind of problem. And here it could be. But you know what? What do we say? We need to go back to what God has said in His Word. The peace that we, and the thing about it is, church, if we're not at peace ourselves, how do we expect to show the world outside these four walls what peace looks like? How do we expect the world to understand what it means to live at peace? Because, and I, I'm convinced of this, the first, the first requirement of that is I have to be at peace with God. I have to know in my heart and in my life that God and I are on good speaking terms. That I'm not doing wrong. I can't be like Cain, you know, when God did not accept his sacrifice, you know, and what did God say to him? God, he's, in essence, he's going, God, why didn't you take mine? I mean, this was good fruit and this is good vegetables I brought. I brought the best I got. But what was the problem was Esau's relationship with God was not what it was supposed to be. It wasn't the fact of his sacrifice. It was the attitude of his heart. He wasn't at peace with God. And so he got mad and killed Abel. Well, a lot of good that did. What, you know, what did that solve? You, you kind of would like to go back and ask, Cain, now what did that solve? You killed your brother and you're still in the same condition that you started out with. You haven't changed. Your attitude hasn't changed. Your heart hasn't changed. When we get a heart change, we get a heart transplant, and I'm not talking about the real thing, and, and, and you know, when you go to have surgery, I'm talking about a, a stony heart replaced with a heart of flesh that the Bible talks about. Then we can live at peace with ourselves, and we can live at peace with others. We can know which ones not to cast the pearls before because they're pigs. We were talking about pigs a while ago, too. Shoot them. <laughs> no, we can't shoot them. We just can't cast our pearls before them. That's what Jesus said. He didn't say, let him take care of the killing of the pigs. Okay? But there are people who are going to be like that. But where does it start? It's got to start with us. If I'm not at peace with myself, if I'm not at peace with God, then how in the world can I live with Brother Gerald and Sister Linda in peace if I'm not at peace with myself? If I'm upset all the time, and if I'm angry all the time, and if things, you know, I, you know, sometimes, they, unfortunately, we're like little kids. Mine, mine. Who said it was yours? Everything you and I have has been afforded to us by the hand of God. Paul said, "I am what I am by the grace of God." Whatever I have, God's taking care of it. Whatever I don't have, God's taking care of it. It doesn't matter. Paul learned a very important lesson. I have learned whatever state, he says this, whatever condition I'm in, whatever the, the circumstances I'm in, they're with to be content because, first of all, it's going to change. But God is not. So I can be at peace with myself. And I can be at peace with others. I can look at you. I, I can feel sorry for you. I can pity you. You can hate me with the most vicious and, and vile hatred you can come up with in your heart. But I can look at you and say, you really need a lot of Jesus. Yeah. 
My youngest daughter used to say that a lot. Daddy, they sure need, they need a lot of Jesus, don't they? Yes, dear, they do. But if we're not careful, even as Christians, we have to be careful. We have to be ourselves at peace with God first. I've got to be at peace with me. And my relationship with God has got to be where God wants it to be. He says, and then, work it. He said, work it. One, one of the, the translations said, strive for, pursue peace. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then he says, this one, the New Living says, work at. The King James Version said, follow peace with all men and holiness. What is holiness? Holiness, as, as I have come to understand, been looking at it, and, and, and it, and when I look at it this way, a lot of scriptures start making a little more sense to me. Holiness is the daily living expression of our lives of the righteousness we have because of Jesus. I don't have any righteousness. The Bible says there is none righteous. No, not one. But there is a righteousness. What is it? It's a right standing with God. And it comes when I make Jesus Savior and Lord of my life. The moment you got saved, God starts looking at you as righteous. It's his righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the righteousness has nothing to do with me. But holiness does. Does this make sense? Because holiness becomes the expression of how I'm living my life in accordance with what God says in His Word, in accordance with His principles, in accordance with His precepts. Therefore, that's why God says, Be ye holy, even as I am holy. And we're going, um, how do we do that? God is holy personified. We learn what he says. We learn how to live. It is expressed in our relationships with each other. It is expressed in our relationships with our family. It's expressed in our relationships with on our job. Yeah. Men and women, born again, men and women, children that are born again can express this holiness in their relationships. I thought about this. This is one of the things I thought about. The fact that holiness makes me living that life of holiness, living that holy life before God. Why? So that we please Him. What is the whole, what is the whole point of our walk with God? It is to walk pleasing and acceptable before Him. It is to be able to walk in such a way that we have confidence in God. We have confidence that when we pray, God hears us. We have confidence that when we pray and God hears us, God will answer the prayer. Amen. Holiness in our lives that holy living makes us a better husband, a better wife. It makes us a better Christian church member. There's church folks out there, but they're not necessarily Christians. Unfortunately, 
They sit in church. I know within reason there are people that sit in churches day in and Sunday in and Sunday out. And their lives have not been changed. I've, you, you hear of every once in a while, I've heard stories of people that taught Sunday school classes for years. But finally the Lord woke them up one day. You're not saved. Did it mean all their teaching was in vain? No, if they taught and, and, and taught the word of God, it didn't. But they didn't have a they didn't have a personal knowledge of it. It, it can it can happen, excuse me. But the thing about it is, holiness makes us a better child of God. It makes us to be more pleasing. And God will let us know when we're missing the mark. What he say? He said, those I love, I chastise. I discipline. But the greatest peace that we can walk in is knowing that we are walking that holy life that God wants us to live. It makes me a better employee it makes an employer a better employer it makes a boss a better boss everything about walking in the holiness that god wants us to walk in walking in the righteousness he had that he has given us walking in his word obeying his word Obeying, what does he say? But even started with, with, with the, the Old Testament in, in the law to Moses. If you will hear my words and do them. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Here's how you will be blessed. All of these different ways. Simply, and you go back to the first part of that. What does he say? Here's how, if you want my blessing, here's how it is. Know what my commandments are. Know what my, my precepts are. And do them. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer. What is that? That's holiness. Being a doer of the word is holiness. Sometimes I think we want to make it so hard and we want to make it so difficult. It's just simply doing what God says do. It is living out a, a daily living expression of the righteousness we have in Christ Jesus. You might even be called self-righteous by people that, you know, look at you. and Well, you just think you're better than I am. Not necessarily, but I do know one thing. I am a child of God. And it doesn't matter your opinion one way or the other. If I know that I know that I know I am God's child, your opinions, you can have it. But I'm more interested in what my father's opinion is. I'm more interested in what God has to say about me. Now, don't misunderstand. If my wife sees me doing something I shouldn't be, now, I know two things already in my life with her. She will tell me. But I probably need it. Okay? If I listen to the minister of the gospel, regardless of who they are, if I listen to what they're saying, Lord, what are you saying to me? What, are you, what do you want me to hear? What do you want me to understand? How does this apply to me so that I can walk in that life, that holiness life? Yeah. Now, notice he says this. Now, first of all, he says, you work at living a holy life is how it's put in the New Living Translation. For those who are not holy will not see God. We have a lot of 
word I... Let's just get where it's at. There's a lot of lies running around there telling you can live like you want to and God's going to let you in heaven. It doesn't work that way. But God loves me. Yes, God loves you, but God has said in his word, no sin is going to enter into heaven. And it saddens me that people are so willing to buy this, these, these deceptions of the devil, even if it comes from a, quote, minister of the gospel. If it doesn't agree with what God's word says, it's wrong. It's a lie. But the, I think, it, I can't remember if it's the Apostle Paul, but one of the, the New Testament writers says, the time will come when they will, people will heap to themselves teachers because they've got itching ears. Oh, tell me something new. Tell me something that tickles me. Tell me something that makes me feel good all over and gives me the warm whatevers, the warm fuzzies, that's it. I want to leave church with the warm fuzzies and everything's fine. But let me tell you something. If I see and know that down the road that you're traveling there in a car and I know that the bridge is out, how kind am I to you to just tell you, hey, it's okay. If I don't warn you, hey, you need to stop and turn around. There's a bridge out. And the drop-off is t steep, and, and the, the sudden stop is the at the bottom is more than likely going to be fatal. Yeah. People don't want to hear about hell. They don't want to hear about God's coming back and that God will judge. Yeah. But throughout his word, he says he will. So what's important, it's important that we live that life of holiness. We live that holy life. Are you going to get it right just right off the bat? No. Are you, are there, is there still going to be room for improvement if you've served the Lord for the last 150 years? Yes. It's still a growing thing. It's a growing process. But that's what he wants. Let me tell you something, church. When we can know that we know that we know that we know God's satisfied with me, then we can know that when we leave this life, if it's by a trumpet sound or if it's by a song sung at our funeral, we'll be gone before the funeral ever happens. But, and I don't mean this, I'm trying to, don't, it's just too heavy here. But however we leave this life, to stand before him and listen and hear him say, well done. Yeah. Well done. I like how you did it. You did good. You know, I like to be told I've done well sometimes, you know. Especially if I, I do something, you know, I'll, and this is totally off of the track just a little bit. But on our computer, I have a train simulator. And some of those routes, <laughs> Brother James, Sister Lisa, back here grinning, <laughs> you understand. But it, to me, it's a challenge to learn to drive because I'm, at, I'm, I'm sitting behind the controls of that, that train, that locomotive that's controlling that train. And sometimes I mess, I run red lights. Of course, the minute you run the red light, game's over. You got to start all over again. 
but I enjoy, and, and, and I, get, I, I get a sense of satisfaction when, I, when I've had to do it three or four or five different times, but I finally get from the beginning to the end of it, and I didn't get penalized a lot. And it gets, it's, it's weird, but they give you either a, 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 a bronze star or a silver star or a gold star. I'm striving for the gold stars. The things that I do in my life, I want to do them to the very best of my ability. Because I want it to be something that, it, whether you appreciate, whether it's appreciated or not, if I know that I've done my best, and I feel pretty good about that, that's, to me, I'm, I'm okay. If you like it, fine. You know, it's okay. But how about our Christian walk with God? How about this walk, this way of living holy? I'm striving for the gold, church. The gold is God's approval. It's not real gold. It's not monetary. It's not material. I want God Almighty's approval. And that's why I want to walk this way. That's why I want to live this way. And hopefully you do too. I want to do the best that I can do. Sister Carol, I want 100 on every test that I do. Whatever it is, I want to make 100 on it. I want to complete that particular scenario on that, on that, that train simulator. But how much more to complete? I'm thinking about what Paul said. When he wrote to Timothy, he said, The time of my departure is at hand. And there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord uh, God will give me, and not to me only, but to all those that love his appearing. But he tells Timothy this, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I've kept the faith. Paul was convinced he had lived the holy life. Did he make mistakes? You know that Paul's the one that says, the thing that I should do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. But what he was doing, it bothered him because he was striving. What did he tell? I believe he also, Timothy, striving toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to live a life of holiness. There's a mark. I'm striving for it. Those that cross the finish line, it is not to those, the Bible says, it's not to those who start the race, but he that endures to the end and finishes the race. That's what's important. That's what holiness is all about, is living that life where like Paul, I can say, you can say, I fought a good fight. I give the devil everything I could. Through the grace and the mercy of God and the power of His Holy Spirit. I've finished the course. I got it started at the start and I got all the way to the end, to the finish line. I finished the course. But most important of all, I kept the faith. That's what this thing is talking about. Notice he said this. Here's part of this holy living. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Look after each other. 
You hear him? You hear what he's saying? Look after each other. Be aware. Let the Holy Spirit say, look, you need to go pray for so-and-so. You know what? And I know there's a big crowd is not here tonight, but it makes no difference if we can hear God and God says, you pray for that individual, you go pray for them, go pray for them. If it's in this church and God lays somebody on your heart, go pray for them. Because more than likely, no, not more than likely, if God says go, they need it. And that's going to be the thing that will help them get over the hump, if you will. Get through that circumstance or get through that situation. And it doesn't have to be just a few. God give us people that are willing to hear him and obey him and do what he says do. He's not looking, it's not, it's not dependent upon the pastor. God's wanting to use every one of us. In small, whether anybody sees it or not, I don't know why I'm off on this, but if, whether anybody sees it or not, that's not important. If you do what God tells you to do, when God tells you to do it, then God's got it taken care of. It's okay. Yeah. He said, watch out for each other. But he also says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. How many of you know, doesn't matter if you're planting stickers or if you're planting um, Vidalia onions or, or if you're planting gladiolas. When you stick that seed in the ground, it's barely visible. The root. The reason I smiled about the onions, I was looking for faith plant stuff, and there's this stuff growing, and I'm going, I don't think she planted anything there, and she happened to be outside Saturday. I said, what's that? Is that something you planted? And she said, I didn't plant nothing there. It was onions. Now, I'm no offense to anybody. I'm not picking it. I'm not a fan of onions. And I said, okay, well, and I started pulling them. It was the ground had been covered with leaves, so I had the good and soft. And then things pulled right on out. Yep, they were onions, all right. <laughs> they got planted somehow. I don't know. But he said, don't let that root. It starts small. Don't let it grow. And he's talking about each one of us. Don't let bitterness get started in your heart. He said, because it grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Serious thing. Then he also says, make sure that no one is immoral or godless. Some say that sexually immoral is what's implied here. Holiness will help us to live like we ought to live. Walk like we ought to walk. The Apostle Paul says this, walk worthy of the vocation which you were by, by which you are called. Yeah. Live and walk in holiness. It's an expression of the righteousness that you and I have from God through Jesus in our lives. Yeah. And it can be done. 
if it couldn't be, God wouldn't have told us something we couldn't do. If he tells us to do it, we can. And it's possible. Do you bear your heads with me for a moment? Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that something we've said tonight has helped and encouraged and strengthened those that hear, either here or by way of the streams, whether they see it now or watching it now or whether they see it later. I pray, Lord, that it will help them to understand what holiness is. And, Lord, I probably just scratched the surface of it, but... Lord, it was important to me that it helped me to understand what holiness is really is. And I want to do it better. Father, I really want to walk in a way that I know, that I know it's pleasing to you. Father, I pray, Lord, for those that might be listening tonight or that may see this sometime in the future. How do we get this? It starts with the righteous. This holiness thing starts with righteousness. There's only way, only one way to become righteous. That's making Jesus Christ Savior and Lord of your life. Asking Him to come in and, and, and touch you and forgive you of the life that you've lived, the mistakes that you've made, the things that you've done wrong that are contrary to His Word. God's not looking to just punish you and, and throw you by the wayside. That is not God at all. It's not the God I serve. He sent his son. He sent the one thing he couldn't replace. God could recreate a brand new earth. In fact, the Bible says that he will one of these days. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. But the one thing he cannot replace is his son. And he sent his son to come to this earth in the form of human flesh. To die, to live, to die, to be raised again so that you could know the righteousness you could become. As I said in that, that verse, Paul writes, he, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I pray, Father, God, that you will help those that hear this to just simply say, Jesus, I need you to come into my life. I need you to save me. For my sins, I need forgiveness for my sins. But, Lord, I need a new life. Jesus, you said in your word that you came. You said the thief comes not but for to kill, to steal, and destroy. But I am come, Jesus. You said this, I am come that you might have life and it more abundantly. And I pray, Father, that they will seek that and call on you. And, Lord, when they do, that, Father God, they'll reach out to a Christian that they know or to a church that's close by and say, I've given my heart. In my life to the Lord Jesus. I've made him Savior and Lord of my life. And I pray, Father, that they'll do that. And I thank you, Lord, for what you have done. Lord, I pray for this people here tonight, for every family, Lord, for every family here, for every family watching that's represented here tonight. I pray, Father God, your peace upon them. Help them, Lord, if they're not at peace with themselves, to get before you and get to that place where they are and know that they know that they know that they know that they are at peace with God. And, Lord, then that peace that we strive for with others will come easier to them. And help us always, Father, as the, the, the writer here uh, admonishes us to walk, live that holy life.
For, Lord, it will mean everything. It will mean knowing we have not only your approval here on the, in this life, but, Lord, we will have your approval when we see you face to face and hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. God, go with this people. Guide and help us to remember every day, Father, that you never leave us nor forsake us, that we may leave this place, but we do not leave your presence. Your presence is always with us, always in us through your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, help us never to forget that. And, Father, for all that you have done, are doing, and are going to do in us, for us, and through us, I give you honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you guys. Look forward to seeing you Sunday morning.